Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Top of the List. I'm your host, Dom, with my co-host here, RB. What's up, guys? Coming at you with a movie review, as promised. We took a little break here over the Mother's Day weekend, spent some time with our respective mothers, of course, spent some time together as well Mm -hmm. um, with all our family. And now we're back in it. We're going to be doing movie reviews um, while we're waiting for our next TV show to start, that being Loki, of course. And... um, I think we just wanted to go back into the logs here, you know, as uh, before, if you were following us for a long time, we did record some episodes that we never went up and released. And mostly my fault. I just got lazy and forgot about it. From the vault. From the vault. But <laughs> now that we have the new microphone, we yeah. want to go in. We want to get some nice crisp audio recordings of these reviews. And we also want to record some episodes that we never got a chance to. Mm-hmm. That being Bad Education, Ford versus Ferrari, and then we're going to be redoing Run. We're going to be redoing American Psycho. And then a couple new ones like Planet of the Apes. And um, hopefully we're going to review the uh, 4K Blu-ray collection of four Hitchcock films remastered yep. that we just went and got at Best Buy a few weeks ago. So a lot coming up. Ryan, did I miss anything there? Uh, no, I think uh, we've got a good good slew of uh, content coming for all you folks at home. Uh, but let's kick it off now with tonight's review or today's review, depending on when we decide to post this one. Uh, we're going to be reviewing a, a film that Dom had seen many times, one that he showed me for the first time. And after watching it once, definitely one of my favorite films now, almost of all time, uh, American Psycho. Maybe we should dub this series of movies we're going back and reviewing the apartment picks or something like that, you know, <laughs> yeah. because these are ones that you and I have watched together yeah. in the apartment, yeah. you know, and that we enjoy both enjoyed spending time together watching Absolutely. along with uh, Caitlin and Mochi too. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, let's talk American Psycho. This film came out in 2000. Yep. All right. It's uh, the director. I have it ready here on my phone. Uh, Mary Heron, a female director. And um, based on a novel by? Yeah, by, by Brett Easton Ellis, um, written in 1991. Um, that really, I, I think the novel, and then even better so, uh, the film pays, I, I guess you don't want to pay homage, but um, definitely depicts the serial killers of the, the 80s and 90s. Yes. You know, the, the main one that comes to mind is Ted Bundy absolutely. and others of the likes. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think that kind of leads us into, you know, our star-studded cast Mm -hmm. led by the great Christian Bale, you know, uh, an actor that I've enjoyed a lot of his work. Ryan hadn't seen much of his work when we watched this, and now we're trying to widen his repertoire of Christian Bale films here. And man, one of the best psychopath performances up there with Norman Bates, played by Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, absolutely. Up there with Norman Bates, up there with... uh... We, we had just watched, I'm, I'm blanking on that, Misery. Uh, Misery. Mm-hmm. That's Kathy Bates playing, Kathy Bates. I, I can't think of the name of the, the main character, is, but yeah. Kathy Bates' performance, amongst others, Jack Nicholson and, and Cuckoo's Nest yeah. as well. Uh, but yeah, a terrific, terrific performance by Christian Bale. Um, seen him as Batman, seen him as uh, the, the British driver in Ford versus Ferrari, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The guy's name can't think of it, but mm-hmm. and now I've seen him as uh, Patrick Bateman, and easily my favorite performance he's given in out of those three that I've seen. Yes, <laughs> with him with the chainsaw, yes. so many great moments with Christian Bale oh, in yeah. this one, and I think what really sets his performance apart in this one is how he can go from being absolutely hilariously dark to really funny, mm-hmm. right? And it's just this great transition, and it never feels out of place. 
It never feels too out there. It feels darkly satirical, and it is just a pitch-perfect performance, in my opinion. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I couldn't agree more with you. A, a brilliant performance. Um, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there in, in just how he so smoothly transitions. You know, he, he truly plays someone who, who is a psychopath, who's, yeah. who's detached from reality, whether it's the internal monologues or the dialogue that he's giving. Uh, it's, you know, I, I, we, we've been watching the, the trailer here to find a good scene. We, we chose, settled on the chainsaw and the underwear pick. Um, but, you know, one of, the, one of the famous scenes where he's in the club and, you know, mm -hmm. just so calmly. So one of the, the strippers that they're sitting with says, oh, so what are you into? And he goes, just so calmly, calmly. I'm, I'm into murders and executions so much so that she just hears him say mergers and acquisitions yeah. and starts talking about that um, because, you know, truly this is the persona he has adopted. Yeah, totally. And there's a lot of great lines in here. You know, the, the, of course, the quintessential scene in this one, mm -hmm. Huey Lewis in the news. Hip to be square. <laughs> It just kills Paul Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to get a reservation at Dorsey now? He yeah, slices yeah, him open the with the axe. Yeah, oh, and the is that a raincoat? Yes, Paul. it is a raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> Without oh. a doubt, be one of the greatest scenes, I would say, of, if not all cinema, of, of modern cinema from 1990s on. Mm -hmm. Truly a brilliant scene. Brilliantly directed, choreographed. You know, the cinematography is oh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. of course, acted by both... Uh, Christian Bale and Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto. Um, not in this one for that long, but mm -hmm. you know, doesn't make that much of a mark on the film, in my opinion. But he's there to serve a purpose, and that's to be his first victim of the movie. Yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna say that with the rest of this cast. As great as Christian Bale is, like you said, this is a star-studded cast that really it, it didn't need to be. If these yeah. were a bunch of no-name actors, you know, Jared Leto obviously wasn't as big of a name at the time. He had yet to achieve fame through his band 30 seconds to Mars. And right. then later on is the Joker. Yeah. Um, so Jared Leto, um, Reese Witherspoon yeah. has a, a very small role in this as his fiance. <laughs> She's still good in this one though. She's Just kind of forgettable, I guess. You yeah. Could say. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. There's one other big name in your room. I'm missing. Oh, uh, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe's character. And this was my one negative mm -hmm. from the film. And I think you're going to disagree with me here, okay. but I just felt like his storyline was, was not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I understand he created some suspenseful scenes, and I know you have a fun fact there that you're going to share a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, but all in all, I just after after my only other experience with Willem Dafoe was the Green Goblin, seeing him, you know, just really, really steal the show there in yeah. uh, the, in a the Spider-Man stealing film. performance. Yeah. There, this I just felt like he was very underwhelming as the detective. I think the key word here is he's very understated in this film. Yes, very understated. And you're right, he, there's not that many other standout performances here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really the Christian Bale show, yeah. through and through. With, when he, he totally handles it perfectly and makes this an excellent film. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I did want to give a little of little behind yeah. the scenes fact here. You know, I like to do the behind the scenes stuff. Ryan has to do the research of the history and like the book, the novel, all yeah. that stuff. Um, and Ryan has a few references he wants to bring up <laughs> as, as to what they reference yeah. in uh, future things that happen, yes. you know, more modern day that reference back to this film. But um, some of the scenes with Willem Dafoe, if you guys haven't seen the film, it's uh, he's a detective that's investigating the murder of Jared Leto's character, Paul Allen. Um, and Willem Dafoe comes to Patrick Bateman's, uh, Christian Bale's uh, office as an investigator and he asks him a few questions. And Mary Heron, the director in this one, had a brilliant idea here that I think kind of paid off a little bit. And that being they recorded this scene 
with Willem Dafoe playing it three different ways. One, Willem Dafoe knows that Patrick Bateman killed Paul Allen. Number two, Willem Dafoe has no idea that Patrick Bateman killed Paul Allen. And number three, Willem Dafoe only suspects that Patrick Bateman killed Paul Allen. And they intercut Willem Dafoe's different scenes so that you really have no idea and it really leaves you uncertain that whether or not he actually killed him or not. And I think that that was a really smart choice there and it worked out in that one scene and paid off in the end. But um, yeah, did, did you want to talk about anything else here? Yeah, I mean, just thinking about, you know, this character, obviously, while we're watching the film, at mm -hmm. least your first time watching the film, mm -hmm. and you know as the viewer that Paul Allen is killed by Patrick Bateman, mm -hmm. you understand the suspense. But once you've seen this film, and I, I don't want to go too far into the end without giving a spoiler a spoiler alert, but once you see how the, the, the cards unfold, you to me, it's, it's a whole cop out on why is Willem Dafoe's character even there? Mm, that mm. is my question. I see. Uh, I see. Because I'll just give the spoiler warning yep. here. Wee -oo, wee -oo. Spoiler warning. We're going to yes. start talking about how the yes. film ends. Uh, as we see, none of these murders actually take place. That's all going on in the head of Patrick Bateman. Mm. Um, once again, possibly malaised uh, by and inspired by a lot of these true debonair serial killers like uh bundy like bundy yes um you know just sort of a, a victim of the media and seeing all this play mm -hmm. out and then creating the fantasy in his head but if this is the case and you know jared leto character paul allen was never killed and he was just on vacation in london mm -hmm. why is there a detective there investigating it in the first place just because he was missing because right. he was missing. He never explained he was leaving for London. I just, I feel like people go on business vacations, so business trips to London, which it was all the time. And that doesn't cause, isn't cause for concern, you know. Especially in the 80s, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think what the reason was, the kind of catalyst was, is that his girlfriend, you know, Paul Allen went to London to go, you know, escond with some London women. Oh, that's And okay. his, his girlfriend didn't get a call, Got you know. It. <laughs> this, see, this was, yeah, this was... I'm sure I would have picked up on that more when we had just watched it, but we watched this one probably back in January yeah, or early yeah. February. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, totally. I, I get what you mean. But other than that, Willem Dafoe only has, like, two scenes in the yeah, whole movie. Yeah, the, right. the, the interrogation scene in, in the office, and then afterwards when he tells them, oh, we found that you didn't kill Paul Allen. Yeah, just the result. And, like you said, could have easily been cut out. But yet, then again, Willem Dafoe was a seat seller in that, in that uh, decade of filmmaking. So. Okay. The reason why he was in it i Got totally it. see where you're coming from though yeah. bud okay so we've talked a little bit about the ending but let's talk about the finale here i think it really starts off with the uh the atm scene mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know we open up uh stuff a yeah. cat here yeah pal, uh, insert cat here <laughs> yeah patrick bateman sees you know he's trying to get cash out of an atm and it's i think it says feed me a kitten feed me a kitten yes, yes. and he sees a kitten walking by for some reason yeah. and picks it up and tries to shove it into the ATM. <laughs> and an old woman sees him doing it, which causes him to shoot the old woman. Witnesses are there. So he goes on a rampage. He kills like 20 people. Yeah. Um, and including is cornered by the police. <laughs> they have, you know, heavy, heavy artillery on him. He's just got a pistol and somehow shoots one of the police cars that causes an explosion to kill everyone in his way. And then finally gets to his office 
and gets on the phone to his lawyer and goes into <laughs> this completely hysterical monologue on all the people he's killed. You know, how he's, you know, he's counting them out. And he's going, I've killed 10, maybe I've killed 20, 30. I, I can't even remember anymore. I, you know, one of them, I, I kept her head in the freezer and I tried to eat her brain. I tried, <laughs> I tried to, cook to cook it a little, it a little bit. bit. <laughs> Just yeah. the, the panic in his voice, yeah. the hysteria. I mean, when we were watching that, you were like, wow, give this guy an Oscar. Yeah. And, and, uh, so we we get through this great scene and the next day he goes to meet the lawyer mm-hmm. in the bar and you know the lawyer first of all doesn't even know it's patrick bateman mm-hmm. he thinks it's someone else mm-hmm. he thinks the phone call that he got was someone else impersonating patrick bateman and doesn't even suspect it you know <laughs> once again patrick bateman has been telling people throughout this entire film that he's a mass murderer yeah you know he, he says things like i like to dissect women yeah uh you know I, I'm into murders and uh, murders and executions, and yet nobody picks up on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and including his lawyer that he just sent a confession to a hysterical <laughs> confession. He goes, "Oh, that was hysterical, man. That was so funny." Yeah. I mean, and then you know we have the big reveal that he says Paul Allen isn't dead. Yeah. Paul, I just saw him in London last week. Yep. And then we get sort of this moment of realization from. Uh, from Patrick Bateman, perfectly interlaid with his secretary, discovering his notepad of him drawing all of these murders that we've seen him do, further leading us to believe it's all just in his head this all whole time. Just a, a fantasy he's been playing with in his head over and over. Yeah. And yeah, and I think when we first watched it, and you know, you said maybe a little bit of a cop out. You wanted to see still them. feel that way. Okay, that's what keeps us. So I mean, I'm going to come out with yeah. my score right now. We haven't talked about it yet, but my score is a nine out of ten. Okay. Um, and what keeps it from being a nine and a half hour, hour or a ten out of ten is yeah. this cop out of an ending. And I understand why they did it. It's a, you know, like we said, it's Patrick Bateman being yeah. malaised by all these other serial killers and just you know, sort of an every man who wants to take that step in his life and fantasizes about it and doesn't act on it paired with probably this, you know, cocaine fuel, you know, (laughs) stock market eighties kind of guy. Yeah. But, you know, I felt like it was somewhat of a cop out. I wanted to see where they were going to go with, you know, how he was, you know, were people finally going to catch on and, you know, where he's saying, you know, Patrick Bateman is not a person. He's an enigma. Like, what does he mean by that? Yeah, You know, I I wanted to see more into that rather than just a cop out that, oh, it was all in his head the whole time. Every morning I use a full body aloe vera spray or something like that. I I make sure to use anything, nothing with aluminum (laughs) as as that is harsh on my skin. And it dries you out and makes you look old. Yes. yes. (laughs) He's doing the push-ups with his nose. But yeah, so as far as the ending goes, man, I I think you take it a little more literally there. Mm -hmm. I like to read into it a little more. For me, the whole cop out as you describe it at, at, at the end there is kind of a commentary on our society you know guys like you know you watched it i haven't seen it but ryan says he watched the uh, uh wicked evil and vile yeah both both the uh I, I guess the dramatization of the ted bundy uh ted bundy killings followed by watching the ted bundy tapes which a week later netflix released that were um you know a true you know just straight uncut interviews of ted bundy in prison talking about the murders i got i got really into researching ted bundy the very very sick man but uh yeah yeah, yeah but, but that's that's definitely who this character is modeled after totally yeah. and you know like you were always telling me you know after watching those you tell me like this guy was just you know uh 
and and a, a charming individual. You know, he had a lot of charisma, and he just hid it underneath everybody's nose. Mm-hmm. And that's what this film is commenting on: is that you could be sitting next to someone, and they could be ha- holding a dark secret within like that, and you would never even know. But and that, to me, there, that's the meaning. Were there truly dark secrets? I I mean, if if we're looking for meaning here, I'm almost thinking that Patrick Bateman thinks himself different because he's thinking that but i think the commentary because he never acted on this is maybe all of us have those dark you know those dark that's thoughts. what i'm yeah. saying maybe all exactly. of us are like that. yeah exactly because really i mean this whole movie we are watching and thinking patrick bateman is a psycho when yeah. in reality he's uh you know he's having these thoughts but he's never acted on them and you know people have moments of weakness obviously this guy has a lot of them where they they think dark thoughts yeah which is but, my reasoning yeah. behind the, you know how that whole confession and then he, and then his lawyer just finds it hysterical right right you know if, if if someone left me a phone call like that i would not find it hysterical i agree i agree but then maybe everyone they're saying at least maybe it's a commentary on just businessmen or the world of business or maybe it's a comment on all of us that you know maybe we all innately have this kind of darkness inside of us like right. that that we just keep hidden down as or humans. or even not maybe not always but maybe it's a a, a product of the generation ah yeah ah, maybe uh, yeah it's definitely you know, all it takes is one a, a, a yeah. sick man like bundy to inspire others just to start thinking that way yeah and that's you know behind cults you know we can get way into it but we don't yeah, have time yeah, to digress yeah. even further but mm-hmm. yeah that's what makes this film an amazing film to me. Right, like you yeah. said, nine out of 10, I'm going to fully agree with you, Ryan, okay. nine out of 10, an amazing film, not quite to that masterpiece level, mm-hmm. but really a phenomenal film um, through and through. And um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my favorite kill of the film, um, which I think, you know, where I'm going, the chainsaw drop at the well, end leading up from this scene, starting yeah. with this scene. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are waiting yeah. for her to go down all the way to the staircase and he's just waiting for her. And then, yeah. Drops and sh- cuts and, her in half. And the celebration too when he does it. He goes, yes, yeah, so excited. <laughs> like, like he just he just hit a home run. And, you know, oh just watch God. the Dodger game, watch someone celebrate a home run. That's what it was like. Yes, you know, just the fist bump. Yeah, and so much yeah. creativity behind this film. Yeah. Everybody involved did a fan- fantastic job. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's going to kick off our kind of serial killer series here, or our apartment favorites. Yep. So um, any final thoughts on this film, RB? Yeah, I I mean... Oh, you never talked about the references. Yeah, for any... Uh, this, this is a fun one for me that I... It took me a while once I saw the author to figure out where I had heard that name before. For any Riverdale fans out there, um, I know Dom watched a couple of seasons. I've been along for all five seasons so far and not stopping anytime soon. Uh, one of the, the main villains in season three or four... Uh, sort of a serial killer-esque character and also like Patrick Bateman, suave, debonair kind of guy um, is Brett Weston Wallace. And, you know, the author mm. of American Psycho is Brett Easton Ellis. And mm. so I, I find that a fun little tidbit. They they hide some some good names in there and, and also have some terrible ones that are just like, <laughs> you know, smack us in the face with it. Sort of like the the Rick and Morty, you know, uh, he's a, who's a vampire at the school? Oh, it's Coach Ferratu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Rick and Morty, you know, now that we're done with our American Psycho review here, uh, coming up, we want to yep. also do a few animated series reviews. Yep. Um, probably definitely going to do Rick and Morty. I'm near the tail end of season three on my binge. Ryan's watching it through for what, your second or third, third time? time? Third time. Third time yeah, through. Watch it when it all came out. Yeah. So I'm, once I'm done with season four, we'll review every season, rank them top of the list style. What's the top of the list? What's the bottom of the list as far as the seasons go? 
Also going to give that treatment to Avatar The Last Airbender, my favorite show of all time. I think we've said it before. Ryan and Caitlin have watched it through for the first time. I'm very interested to see what they rank it as. So, um, yeah, some interesting animated series to come up. Um, any Did I miss out on any there? Yeah, no, I think we hit them all there. Yeah. We've got some animated series coming. Uh, we've definitely got, of course, Loki once that drops. Yeah. Some great films coming, too, to HBO Max as we creep into the summer months, our summer blockbusters. I know we're excited about In the Heights. In the Heights. Um, what, there's there's another big one this summer too. I'm really excited about. I'm trying to think. Oh well, I'm I'm sure we're getting MCU ones coming uh-huh, soon. And uh-huh. then, do we also have this summer? Is Suicide Squad this summer? Or is that Suicide Squad's on? this summer? Okay, so a lot of good things coming this uh, this summer, as well as Loki. And then, of course, as we said, some of our film reviews we're gonna do. Uh, Planet of the Apes. We're gonna do Run if mm-hmm. we haven't posted that one already. Mm-hmm. Um, amongst others, so a lot more great content coming for you folks at home. All right, guys, that'll be it for us this week. Stay tuned for those future reviews. And as always, give us a like and subscribe to our channel if you're interested in watching more videos coming soon. Um, Check out our recent videos that we've released as well. Um, Go back in our catalogs and feel free to uh, watch those. Also, you can find us on podcast services. If you don't want to watch on YouTube, you want to listen on your drive or you want to listen while you're biking or on a run, then you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to give us a good review there as well. With that said, everybody enjoy the rest of your week. Later.